Welcome to the Business Made Me Do It podcast where we cover business, marketing, and overall growth. I'm your host, Caleb Shore. As you heard in the intro, I co-founded Conversion Stream, a digital marketing agency built for the small brick and mortar business. Today, we've got a special guest, Peter Ferrari. Yes, just like the car. He is a freelance artist who I stumbled across some of his work in Atlanta. Uh, who has turned his side hustle into a full-time career. He's been doing uh, freelance art on the side uh, as he was teaching, and then he's been doing as full-time career for 10 years now. So he has definitely broken out of the of the chain and um, turned his passion into a career. So he also founded Forward Warrior, which is a live street art, kind of a block party in in a neighborhood Cabbage Town in Atlanta. And the best place to find him is Fast Red Car, on Instagram. That's where hit all of his art is posted. Hopefully you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Business Made Me Do It podcast, where we cover marketing, business, and overall growth. Here's your host, Caleb Shore. All right, today on the podcast, we have Peter Ferrari. You heard a little bit about him in the intro. He's essentially a freelance artist focused on murals based in here in Atlanta. Uh, he also created the Forward Warrior, a live street art kind of block party, if you will, uh, based here in Cabbage Town, Atlanta. So Peter, man, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. Really excited to be here. Yeah. So how, uh, how I kind of stumbled upon you was we were in, uh, walking around Cabbage Town and, uh, saw a ton of street art and I'm like, this is crazy. I mean, so much, um, a little bit about me. I, I just moved to Atlanta about six months ago. So we were exploring around. I'm like, Atlanta has so much creativity and art around the city. It's, it's crazy. But, uh, how I found you was, um, my brother actually found you on Instagram. He's like, Hey, you know, th- here's the guy that created this thing. Uh, you need to check him out. And I was like, ding light bulb. I need to have this guy on the, on the podcast. So man, yeah. welcome. Tell, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, how you got started. Sure. Um, so I actually, I went to school at Emory. Um, I, I went uh, for sociology and wound up teaching, uh, after college for about six years. Um, I got my, my master's in education and really enjoyed teaching for a while. Um, I was always kind of an artist. I was making it as uh, making art as more of a hobby. And uh, I had a few opportunities come up my last year teaching. And I, I just kind of made this decision to, to make the leap and see if I could go a year um, just as a freelance artist. Um, you know, being able to commit eight hours a day, five days a week is, is just very different than trying to do it on weekends and nights, um, which a lot of, I think, entrepreneurs realize. Um, and yeah, that was 10 years ago now. So I've been, I've been a freelance artist. Um, like you said, I, I'm mostly known for murals. I do a lot of murals in office spaces and uh, apartment complexes. I do some stuff that's really more just for me that I think people would, would qualify as street art. Um, and then I've been running this event um, in Cabbage Town, as you mentioned, for about, uh, well, we, we started in Cabbage Town in 2014. So the event itself is about eight years old, but uh, in Cabbage Town, it's just since 2014. So uh, it was just sort of a perfect opportunity. Um, I was putting on this live painting event already. Uh, it was really more just kind of like a party. We had DJs and, and you know, 12 artists painting on panels just as kind of the entertainment. And then um, we did that for a couple of years and then got asked to bring it to uh, Castleberry Hill, which is another pretty uh, artistic neighborhood in Atlanta. Um, and so we did 
several walls uh, in Castleberry Hill uh, in this kind of block party setup, like you mentioned. Um, and then if, you, if you're familiar with Cabbage Town, Atlanta, there's a huge wall that basically runs a half mile down a street called Wiley. And it, you know, at some parts it's maybe 12 feet tall and other parts it's upwards of 25 feet tall. And it was kind of an eyesore for them. There was a lot of, uh, you know, they would, it would get tagged and then somebody would paint over it and then it would get tagged and it was just kind of a mess. Um, and the neighborhood wanted to address that. Um, and somebody thought of my event essentially at that time and said, Hey, why don't you bring, you know, Peter Ferrari and Ford Warrior down here and we can start painting murals. And, um, yeah, so that was 2014 and we've, we've painted murals essentially every year since then. And now we have an, an unbroken half mile of, uh, of street art. Um, usually the event takes place over a weekend. It's in uh, the fall or we were doing it in the summer, but now we're doing it in the fall <laughs> because it's too damn hot. And, um, we have upwards of 40 to 50 artists. A, a lot of times artists will return from previous years to paint over their murals. So there's obviously space starts getting thin after a while and we have to just kind of start painting over stuff. Um, but it's an amazing event, uh, brings out the community. It, it, it creates this kind of Atlanta landmark, you know, which you experienced and um, gets people's gears turning, you know, who did this and why did they do it? And <laughs> how can I get involved? And uh, so it was just an amazing opportunity for me um, and I think for, for that community and it works really well. Yeah, man, it's, it's really interesting. Um, yeah. And I, so I, I lived in Charlotte that had a little bit of kind of that creative scene, not nearly as, as much as Atlanta. I've traveled to San Diego, like, uh, around, around kind of the, the U S and it seems like to me, you know, Atlanta is probably one of the, one of the most creative, at least from my perspective, is that, I mean, is that what you're seeing? Have you, have you been here forever? Uh, not, not forever, but I moved here. I was actually born here. Um, I moved away when I was about two years old and came back when I was 11 in 1991. So I have been here for, you know, 30 plus years. Um, I definitely consider myself born and raised uh, in Atlanta obviously have seen it go through a lot of changes <laughs> since the 90s and uh and early 2000s um i think atlanta is uh has has pulled a lot of creativity uh from surrounding areas you know i think if you you're born in south carolina or north carolina or north florida or uh alabama or mississippi that you know it's kind of the big city dream as a creative to come to atlanta um, especially when you consider the hip hop scene we have here and, and just the amount of uh, recording artists and musicians and, and uh, everything that's, that's sort of blossomed up over the past few years, it's kind of like a bottleneck for a lot of creativity in the South. Um, and folks who maybe don't fit in, uh, in, in more conservative places might want to come here because they find it's more inclusive and it's more diverse. Um, so I think Atlanta is just kind of a natural, um, a natural bottleneck for creativity in general. And you can see it and you just see it everywhere. Um, and it's, yeah, that's, I think that's why I've stayed here so long, really. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really cool, man. And before we kind of dive into the meat and potatoes of this, where can people go online to find more about you? Sure. Uh, I mean, Google's the easiest way. I have a lot of different articles that have been written about me. I currently, uh, don't have a website. I used to have one and just found it to be, uh, 
a lot easier to just maintain my social media. Um, <laughs> so on Instagram, I'm uh, fast red car. Um, and then you can just Google Peter Ferrari on Facebook. I'm on there as well. Um, and Ford Warrior, there's loads of stuff on uh, on Ford Warrior on the internet. If you if you Google that, there's also a lot of different YouTube videos that people make. That's another part of the event. We try and sort of open it up to collaborations with videographers and photographers. And so there's always loads of content that comes out of the event as well. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm out there. My most up-to-date artist is on Instagram. It's just easiest for me that way. Yeah, cool. And question for you. So Peter Ferrari is such a badass name. Like, did, <laughs> is that your God-given name or did you change it? It is, it is my God-given name, yes. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> my, dad's, my dad's name is Pierre Ferrari. And uh, his, my dad's actually uh, is, is an immigrant from Central Africa. He was, he's a, uh, lived in the Belgian Congo. And so for us, it's, you know, it, it, he's Italian, Belgian, and Italy, Ferrari is a, a very common name, actually. Um, Ferris, you know, iron is uh, sort of the term for a blacksmith. So Ferrari is the equivalent of Smith <laughs> in Italy, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. But of course, everyone knows it as the car, and I get that all the time. Um, my joke about it is, you know, how big of a tool would I have been to change my name to Peter Ferrari. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's, it's my real name. Absolutely. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right, man, let's, let's get into the kind of the art. Um, like, you know, you've been doing it for 10 years, so you're, you know, you're a seasoned person. Um, like where did you kind of start and where did you, so you mentioned earlier, you, you had kind of a year allotted from teaching. Um, what was that kind of threshold where it's like, okay, yes, this is, is, was it a monetary aspect? Was it like, I want to paint five uh, pieces of professional content? Like, how did you kind of go through that process where you weren't going to go back to teaching? Right. Um, well, I kind of left uh, my previous career at the exact right moment. So if you look at what was going on in Atlanta and the art scene in 2010, which is when I, I quit my job, um, there was Living Walls was, was a, a big thing at that time. It was a public art event, still is a public art event, but it was a little bit more of a, an event rather than a, a sort of an initiative, which is what it is now. So I was coming up with a lot of different artists who were coming up at the same time who were painting murals uh, at the same time. So there was sort of this focus on public art and an awareness around public art. Um, people were investing in clothing brands that uh, featured artists who, who do street art. Um, and so I was kind of able to amplify my, uh, you know, myself much more easily because of that. Um, I think just generally once I had sort of made a name for myself, there was a way, um, or there was sort of a phenomenon of people wanting a Peter Ferrari, you know, like that, that's kind of how it is in art, you know, the, the name, <laughs> can get you somewhere. And I, you know, like you said, I have, I have a memorable name and I think that didn't hurt either. Um, but once I had painted a few murals, you know, the checks are way better for murals than they are for teaching. So I was able to start having, you know, positive cash flow, you know, before that year was up. Um, and sort of reinvesting in myself, reinvesting in different equipment, doing different work that maybe isn't as artistic early on is more about technique and execution, you know, sign painting, things like that. Um, so I, I kind of diversified early on and, and realized I had a skill set that I could get paid for in, 
sort of a lot of different ways. Um, and then, you know, that just kind of aggregates, you know, you, you, you do one corporate mural and another corporation says, oh, that's cool. We could get that guy for our lobby, you know, and, you know, you line up five or six of those in a year and, and you're good to go. Um, and, you know, my clients have kind of only grown. I, I did a, a huge wall for Atlanta United last year that was just an amazing experience, about a thousand square feet, uh, 120 or 106 foot tall wall. Um, it was it was crazy, the whole thing, <laughs> but we got it done and it was an amazing commission. Um, and then working with brands like Red Bull and Microsoft and NCR, and, um, it's, it's kind of like once you get in the right Rolodexes, I, I, people don't use Rolodexes anymore, but <laughs> once you get in the right contact list, uh, <laughs> that list is pretty short, you know, so things, things kind of get easier um, as you go along. Yeah. That was there like a, was there a kind of a tipping point where it's like, you know, you start, you start hitting maybe a couple, couple gigs and then it's like, oh, then, then the phone starts ringing. It, was there a tipping yeah. point in, in your career that you kind of realized looking back? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I'd have to get back if I, you know, look through specifically and see where that was. But absolutely, there's, I think it's more about the anxiety that you feel when you're an entrepreneur. <laughs> you know, right, how, right. Much, how much is it anxiety and how much is it trust? <laughs> because I think early on, it's hard to trust yourself. It's hard to understand that you're selling something that people actually want to buy. Um, and so for me, um, you know, I had saved money before I quit my job. So I knew that if I was a complete flop, I wasn't going to be, uh, you know, out on the streets or anything like that. But um, there, there was definitely a point where I started to realize, okay, I can breathe, I can keep doing what, what I do. And, and I feel confident that people are going to, are going to keep supporting me to do it. Um, the thing with, with being an artist is that you always have to be, uh, you have to kind of keep changing too, though, if you keep doing the same thing then nobody, nobody's interested in that. It's been done. So I think as an artist, you have to stay creative. Um, you have to sort of keep your, your content interesting, your concepts interesting. You have to respond to what's going on in society, um, which I think has been uh, a big focus of mine um, in certain pieces. And yeah, you, you got to stay relevant. You know, that's really the word. You got to stay relevant. Um, and I've seen a lot of people start out and have have a lot of energy early on and then they just kind of fizzle because the you know it's really a marathon um and it takes some some artistic and creative endurance to get there <laughs> yeah how do you how do you stay relevant like how does an artist go from i don't know if it's from style to style or more like just staying up with the times like everything has happened in the world now like how, how do you stay relevant in your eyes yeah um, I think part of it is, is is being proactive in your uh, you know sort of your artistic pursuits. So you need to be making work. You need to be pushing things. Doesn't mean you have to be sharing it with everybody, um, but you need to be pushing your concepts on your own in private in your studio. Um, and then I think you need to be reactive as well with um, responding to what's going on in the world, responding to the uh, you know, a changing art market, a changing uh, maybe age range. I feel like early on in my career, you know, the folks buying my work were in their 20s and now I'm doing commissions for people in their 50s. <laughs> um, and part of that is has to do with sort of uh, financial uh, differences and all that and what my prices have gone up over the years. But I think um, 
you know, you, you have to sort of keep changing and, and understanding your role within that ecosystem, which is hard. I, you know, I, I think it's, it can be very easy to, to rest on your laurels and kind of um, just do what you know has been successful, but over time, it's not going to work in a, in a creative discipline. Yeah. And uh, what's like, what's your ideal project? Like what is one thing you would be like, this is the perfect thing that I want to work on. If I could do this forever, it would be it. Is it murals or is it, you know, something of a different Avenue? Yeah. Uh, I go back and forth. I love, I love painting murals just for the simple uh, impact of it. You know, I love big public murals, but the physical uh, actual act of painting, uh, you know, a, 800 square foot mural or something uh, is a lot, you know, especially in the Georgia heat. So if I could uh, just crank out, you know, little paintings in my studio and, and be rich and famous like that, that might be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it, you know, I, I go through phases. I like to be busy. That's my main thing. Um, I like to be working on something. So I think honestly, right now with the balance I've struck with, doing some murals, doing some studio work, um, doing some just sort of volunteer art stuff where I help with other organizations in the city um, is, is right where I want to be. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. Nice. And then, so as you're kind of going through the first couple of years, I'm really interested in like the kind of the starting phase. Cause I've only in business yeah. for two years, you know, still very, very new. And it's like, the tipping point, and then where did the the story behind the Forward Warrior come from? Like, um, talk me through how that was created, um, and then how it's kind of blossomed into what it is today. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I, it was still within the first, I guess, two years of of my freelance career, um, and I was living with another artist, a photographer, and filmmaker. Um, and we were kind of, you know, we were both in that early freelance mode, uh, things were still kind of tight, you know, we, we weren't living lavish or anything like that. Um, but we, we wanted to sort of always encourage each other. And so when we would get, uh, you know, in our feelings and anxious about stuff, we would say to each other forward warrior. Mm. <laughs> and so it was literally something we would say to each other to just sort of nice. encourage, um, us to keep going, um, and not get sort of bogged down. And um, over time, you know, I, I knew I wanted to do some sort of live painting event. Um, I, and I was working a lot with a gallery owner um, named Keith Roberts, who uh, ran a place called Melvin Gallery, which is actually um, where Ladybird is right now. So, you know, yeah. on the belt line there. Um, so yeah. that back lot, that, that little um, outside area was where we had the first Ford Warrior. Mm. Um, and I, you know, I talked to Keith, the, the gallery owner, I said, Hey, let's do, you know, let's just do a, a paint painting party and we'll have beer and we'll have a DJ and we'll charge five bucks at the door and it'll be a cool event for the gallery. Um, and I was able to get, um, some pretty big names, you know, at the time, um, folks like Michi Miko and Brandon Sadler and Greg Mike. Um, some pretty, pretty big street artists at the time. And, and all of that, we, I kind of met all those people through living walls, like I mentioned earlier. So I had, um, like, I, I just had a great, great timing to sort of get into the, the street art world when all these people were kind of mixing and, and meeting each other. Um, and yeah, so those first two ones, honestly, they were really more about having, having a party with my friends and, and maybe making some, some beer money on the side. <laughs> um, yeah. 
And yeah, there's there's actually videos still floating around of the first event. Um, I think Keith Keith uh, Roberts made one, um, and there's a. It's just funny looking back now, of course, because that was uh, that was 2012, and we were all a lot younger back then. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but the, the first year was a lot of fun. I, I felt really. Um, I had come from from college and then you know graduate school and then teaching. So for me, being a, a freelance artist was just so a uh, sense of such freedom, you know. So for me, just the fact that I didn't have to get up at six thirty in the morning every day and and go get in traffic and all that was just that was just life giving. <laughs> um, I didn't I didn't need to make a lot of money early on. It was just the freedom itself that was yeah. Really that, I mean, out. Yeah, that'll just push you push push you through. And it, it yeah. seems like for me at least, I've you know very early on, just kind of a couple years into this, I, I've been doing marketing and whatnot for about six or seven years on the side. But full time, it just seems I've seen so many people that have already started and quit. And it's like mm. I, I'm always curious, like why do people start something and quit something? I'm like, I think it really comes down to you actually have to love what you're freaking doing at like yep. at the most innate ability and like a lot of people nowadays with social media and whatnot everything that's going on in the world it's like people kind of get forced into things like going to law school or trying to be a doctor mm -hmm. or whatever maybe it's their parents or society but it's like I feel like the only thing you can really do is like you really have to love what you do that's the only way you're going to do it for you know 5 10 15 20 years and be successful at it yeah I, I completely completely agree and I think that's something that I, you know, thinking back on your question of those early days, I really was, you know, deeply falling in love with it. And I'd always loved painting, but sort of having the time to, to give to it. So it's kind of giving back to me, you know, and, and I'm having these new experiences, uh, painting these, these things I never thought I'd have the opportunity to. That, that feeds you, you know, um, and it makes it a lot easier to kind of uh, not let, the anxiety, the financial anxieties, um, get in the way. Um, and I still, I still get that feeling to this day. Um, I have, I have an amazing studio right now. Um, 3,200 square feet. I can do pretty much whatever I want in here and just coming in every morning and getting the day started. I'm still struck by just how much fun it is, you know? Um, and the fact that I get paid is, is just icing on the cake. So yeah. And I'm sure being, a, being around, sorry, I'm going to cut you off, being around just that creativity and I'm sure your, your work is everywhere around you. So I'm sure that yeah. kind of spurs the creativity, um, yeah. as you're, as you're yeah. kind of going in. Um, cause I, I work at home and it's, it's like, out. I have to like get out of, get out of the house and go to like different coffee shops. And I'm a, mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in like changing your environment spurs creativity. Yep. Um, just, I mean, just as, as simple as like going down the street and going to a coffee shop and sitting outside for a couple hours, like it, it helps me tremendously. And that's something that I've, I've kind of grown accustomed to doing now versus just sitting in the same work position in the same office. Um, so mm -hmm. I, I think kind of corporations can, can, are hopefully starting to see that now with the whole COVID thing. Right. It's like you right. can still, you can still be productive at home and you don't have to yep. come into one office five days a week, um, 40 mm -hmm. hours a week. So, um, quick question for you is, is it street art versus graffiti is street art like the correct way to, um, classify your art? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Um, I, you know, there's street art for me, 
it gets complicated because a lot of times people just assume something with bold colors and, and sort of thick outlines, that's graffiti or that's street art, you know. And I always draw the distinction between graffiti and street art around legality. So for me, if something is done illegally, then I would call that graffiti. Um, if it was commissioned by somebody, then I'd probably call that a mural. And if it was, if it's in that kind of middle ground of, is it legal? Is it, is it art? You know, then it's probably street art. Um, but nowadays they call kind of anything street art, anything that has that look, you know, if you use spray paint or you use stencils, um, and you know, it's art on the street. So I think, um, it, it gets very muddy <laughs> and, right. and there's certain, there's certain, you know, uh, we'll call them the people who want to sort of police that uh, of, and it's just, it's kind of ridiculous to me. Um, in the end, I like to make art. Some people say my stuff, uh, you know, looks like street art. I'll take it. Um, I certainly, you know, did some graffiti as a teenager and, and that <laughs> definitely inspired me. And that, those were some of the first uh, pieces of art that I saw were in, you know, abandoned buildings and, and under bridges and stuff where we would go paint. Um, but in the end, I think it's all about expressing oneself creatively. Um, there's, there's definitely people out there on, on the graffiti side of things who it's more about just marking their territory, you know, just kind of, uh, just kind of the, the attitude of, of, you know, the, the pissing contest kind of thing. And that's how they want to look at it. They shy away from any notion of art whatsoever. Um, but of course, there's art in a tag, you know, there's art in in all these different styles of graffiti that are out there. I mean, calligraphy is, is a unbelievable art. And I think that you can find ties there too. Usually street art has a message. I think maybe that's part of it. You know, it has, there's content there. It's not just a word. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. I didn't know if graffiti was like kind of derogatory uh, for, for what you guys are put out in the world, but yeah, that's good to know. Um, yeah. Another, another question for you. It's uh, how do you, like how do you legally get approved to do this to you know paint whatever in the in whatever part of the city is it a quick process is it is it lengthy like what talk me through that yeah so right now um there's actually no ordinance in the city of atlanta with regards to art on private property um we actually sued the city of atlanta um several years ago because they were trying to pass uh, an ordinance that basically would require city council approval before you could put anything deemed art um on your on your property if, if you check that out there's a lot of information on that um it was the the, the plaintiffs were myself uh yo-yo farrow fabian williams um and the owner of church um grant henry we essentially said that this new ordinance is unconstitutional you can't have prior restraint to free speech and the judge ruled in our favor. And so there's no public art ordinance on the books currently in the city of Atlanta. So if you're a private property owner, you can put up what you wish. Um, people have been pretty, uh, pretty good about policing themselves. Um, there's been a few murals here and there that caused controversy and um, the public went out and painted over them or they were able to speak with the private property and get it painted over. So. I, I don't think we need government getting into to public art. Um, I think that as, a, as um, the public goes, we're, we're able to kind of 
uh, organize ourselves. Um, there have been cases of artists in the city who, you know, it came out that they were just awful people and harassing women, for example. And so their murals were painted over. Um, and, you know, a city ordinance wouldn't have caught that, you know. So right. I think that it's sort of a communal, um, there's, there's a communal understanding and a, and a public understanding of uh, that physical art in, in, in public spaces. Um, and if you make, <laughs> you make bad decisions and you put up stuff that people don't like, it's very easy for someone to come out and, and ruin it and, and just get rid of it. Um, so yeah, right now there's, there's nothing on the books and, and that's kind of how we like it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome that it just kind of polices itself. And I was reading the article earlier where, where you guys took legal action and, uh, I mean, yeah. that's awesome. That, that is, that's awesome. And I'm, I'm, I have a little, a tidbit of creativity with like graphic designing and logos and things like that. But yeah, I mean, I'm all for that creativity in, in plain sight. Uh, and it really is art, you know, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's not like, I, I just think graffiti is just like kind of a derogatory term, but it's, it's, it's really mm -hmm. art you know, throughout the city yeah. and people expressing how they feel and how they see things. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's really cool, man. That's why I was super excited to get you on the podcast. Um, Thank you. yeah. So, uh, just kind of, kind of wrapping up and we'll get into the rapid fire round quickly. Um, from more of a business standpoint question, do you have a team with you? Is it only you? Like how, how do you, how's your operations? Yeah, I have a small team. Um, my girlfriend helps me out a lot, and I have an assistant named Jermaine who helps me out. Um, it really depends on the on the job. Uh, there's certain things I, I'll just hire people on, but generally, um, small team, basically two, maybe three of us will work on stuff. Um, I'm pretty efficient at this point, so I, I, I know a lot of time-saving <laughs> techniques. Um, right. But yeah, I like to keep it small. I, I think it's uh, just easier for me. Yeah. And how is, um, I'm sure you get this question a lot, but how, how has COVID, um, affected what you guys are doing now? Yeah. So I had, um, I was going to be doing a really cool live painting event for the NCAA, uh, March Madness. So that got canceled. <laughs> that was a bummer. Then I was supposed to go to Holland to paint for this, uh, in sort of environmentally sound paint company. They were doing some promotional stuff. Uh, in Amsterdam and they wanted to fly out an Atlanta artist um, and sort of do an exchange and that got canceled. Um, I've had, those are probably the two biggest things. Um, I've been lucky that I, I got some uh, design jobs, some sort of graphic design jobs where I was able to uh, design some stuff for this company's website. And um, a lot of my work has shifted towards doing physical objects rather than murals. So I've been doing more paintings. Uh, I've been doing these assemblages. Um, and just, honestly, I love it. I get to hang out in my studio, just make stuff, and then I post it online and, and, and sell it. Um, and it's, you know, I think people are at home now more, so they want things in their homes. Um, they, want, they want more art. They can't, you know, go out to museums or galleries. Um, so there's, yeah, I, I've really seen that reflected kind of in, in the work that I do. Um, there's still mural gigs going on. Um, I have a couple that are coming up soon. But, um, you know, when companies are looking at, at those expenses, I think art is one that they're quick to cut. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So I think a lot of artists are feeling it and I've, I've been pretty lucky though. So it's been good. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like you're, you're well established enough and ha- have enough relationships in the city. Uh, it seems yeah. like that maybe an e-commerce piece for you would be huge. You know what I mean? Being able to yeah. create something, sell it, ship it without having to interact at all. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I would like to add more to that. I think I've always um, shied away from sort of small transactions and print sales and shirts and stuff. Um, for me, I'd rather people get kind of, you know, the original and, um, I just, I think I just hate mailing things. (laughs) (laughs) I I like my day to be sort of spent in the studio making work and I I don't want to always be at, at you at, you know, UPS or something. Um, (laughs) but it's definitely something I'm thinking about and and my girlfriend's actually building her own site right now and and that's going to be a component of that too. So maybe I'll follow her lead and, and start doing that. Nice. Yeah. I, I could just see people, um, just decking out their home office and like mm-hmm. having a huge piece of art on one of the walls would be huge right now. Cause everybody's in their home, you yeah. know, they're creating all these home offices and you know, that's not going away anytime soon. I don't, I don't think so, but yeah, yeah I, I could see that being awesome for you. You know, you come in, do, do what you do, you know, get out in a, you know, a couple of days or a week or however long it takes. But yeah, it's just, yep. it's all about, it's all about pivoting and, you know, changing. And I mean, that's, that's how people survive. I think that's how mm-hmm. small businesses, uh, you know, actually succeed in, in the long term. It's, you know, not staying stagnant, always innovating. So yeah. that's cool, man. Um, so let's, let's go ahead and get into the rapid fire round. Just a couple quick questions. Um, and everybody listening, Peter has no idea what is coming. I've not prepped him for any of these. So, uh, what is one thing not many people know about you? Um, that my father was born in Africa. Okay. Weirdest thing you've painted on. Weirdest thing I've painted on, uh, probably a cow skull. Cow skull. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. If you had an it, (laughs) (laughs) if you had an additional 10 grand handed to you right now, where would you spend it in your business? Um, I would probably, Oh, that's a good question. Damn. Um, I would probably get an air conditioner in my studio. <laughs> <laughs> no AC, huh? <laughs> no AC. All fans. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, what's one thing you're excited about right now? Um, I'm excited about Biden and Harris. Nice. Uh, one thing I didn't ask you but should have. Um, oh man. Um, one thing you didn't ask me that you should have. Well, now I feel like I'm, I would be insulting you if I said something. Um, I think you did a great job, man. You, you covered all the bases. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Um, what's one thing that, one crazy thing business has made you do? One crazy, oh God, uh, be a hundred feet in the air in a tiny steel bucket floating over downtown Atlanta, trying not to fall out. <laughs> um, favorite app on your phone no one's heard about? Favorite app on my phone no one's heard about. Um, I would say, gosh, how about Amaziograph? It's a really fun uh, mandala drawing app that I have. It's, it's, it's actually on my iPad, but it's really fun for people, whether or not you're artistic, um, you can kind of make your own mandalas. It's a load of fun. Cool. I hadn't heard that one. I, I love that question, man. I get so many crazy <laughs> answers. Um, yeah. All right, two more. Who should I interview next? Who should you interview next? Um, how about... 
I'm going to stick with the art thing and I'm going to say, um, Greg, Mike, Greg, Mike. Okay. And then yeah. one more, one more time, man, where can people go to find more about you and what you do? Best place is my Instagram. It's at fast red car, AKA, uh, the Ferrari. <laughs> AKA the Ferrari. And I was, I was going to say like, that has to be from Ferrari. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually tried to lean away from the Ferrari thing my whole life, but then kind of nod back to it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause I've heard yeah. it all my life, you know, right. 10 years old, I heard about it. So it's, it's very interesting, man. Like it's, it's memorable. You know, that's a lot yeah. of psychology is, you know, intertwined marketing and it's very memorable. So yeah. I think that's honestly why I remembered your name when I was, you know, I first reached out to you, maybe it's probably about a month ago. So uh-huh. yeah, man. Cool. Thanks for coming on, man. Um, Thank you. Yeah. That was fun. That was fun. That was fun. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was Peter Ferrari, uh, a local artist based here in Atlanta. He's the creator of the Forward Warrior um, company, which is a live street art fest. He, he's got a lot going on, if you couldn't tell. Hopefully, you enjoyed that episode. Uh, it was kind of a different one, but I'm super interested in the creative aspect and how you can uh, create that kind of art piece and then turn it into an actual business, which Peter has done. So hopefully you enjoy that episode. If you don't mind, like, subscribe to the podcast, uh, leave a review and uh, cue the outro. See you next episode.